Hi everybody. So I thought I would give a podcast about the reasons why there are problems uh, in regards to getting women into STEM programs. And it's uh, like a vicious cycle, right? Like for, for, for decades, for centuries, women have been pushed out of um, medical sciences, or, you know, mathematical sciences, you know, paleontological, archaeological, etc., etc., etc. And so what tends to happen is that you've got a lot of women who are absolute geniuses, who are ignored and fucked over. Uh, one very famous woman, she had to become an actress, but she was a goddamn genius. Hedy Lamar. She did something that uh, nobody did before her, and the military laughed at her because she was a bombshell actress, right? And she developed an entirely new way of. Uh, you know, radio communication. And they fucking ignore her. So you get women who are geniuses who get ignored, who get fucked over, and it's just absolutely terrible. And that's not to say there are men who get ignored and fucked over. Uh, They are too. But you also can't deny that the people in charge are Uh, Mostly men. Sexist bigots. uh, Like one of the greatest mathematical minds uh, who's widely celebrated was a fucking Nazi to his dying day. Like even though he came over with... uh, You know, I don't even think he was in Nazi Germany, but he he was still spouting Nazi ideals and all sorts of shit until the day he fucking died mongrel races and all that crap. And mathematics is really rife with these types of of assholes because mathematics, if you create a revolutionary mathematical formula, people are going to use it, you know? And you copyright it and patent it or whatever and and, uh, people have to acknowledge you even if you are a sick individual, right? Well, so with women especially, you get the geniuses who are ignored. You get some of the geniuses like uh, that amazing woman who was the the math person of NASA. You know, uh, Armstrong wouldn't take off without her approval. In the story, right? Uh, they'd say, "Oh, what does what's her name say?" You know, you could have an entire team of men, and they got pissed off with her. So they tried to wipe her credit out. But the astronauts knew who who paid the bills. And it was a woman. You know, it was, it was a black woman. Right? And they listened to her. And then you have women who feed the cycle. And the women who feed the cycle 
are the fucking imbeciles who get passed through the university system on smiles and giggles and I try my best and I try real hard uh, slippy slidey ways or the professors give them carte blanche and uh, they are universally hated because they're fucking idiots okay and so it feeds the cycle right and I'm gonna talk about one such woman who's feeding the cycle so who is this woman and why am I going to tear her apart I'm not gonna tell you who she is I'll tell you why I'm tearing her apart and that's because I cannot and I will not allow stupid shit to go on and um, I mean I, I've been tearing a lot of men apart by the way for those of you who say why don't you tear apart men actually I have I've, I've torn apart very few women on my show um, the point that I'm making is you have got to find, you know, recognize bullshit for bullshit. So there's this predatory theory in the animal kingdom. And uh, people often refer to mammals in any given ecosystem tend to go up based on sizes. And they tend to be like uh, every two feet of growth, every one foot to two feet of growth, there's another animal that's a predator which serves to keep the ecosystem in balance it's really a bullshit theory it's a bullshit theory because uh, you know it, a lot of these mammals don't fit that one to two feet of growth they don't even fit that 20% growth margin or 50% growth margin or, you know, like steps on a ladder. Every step is a new, bigger step, right? The diagram that's used by people who believe this fucking bullshit uh, assumes that the predators are a proportional size to their prey. And what it really is, is a proportional size based off of food availability for that particular environment. But proportional size is also modified by um, social group size and, you know, the dynamics of the social group and dynamics of sustainable growth or sustainable presence of the environment so if you have large droughts things change you know prolonged droughts change the balance of any particular ecosystem and it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is in balance in terms of size you know uh, size of the predators uh, has to like they have to be able to s uh, survive a certain period of non-food 
availability. And it's, the dynamics are constantly changing. You don't always have fucking meerkats hanging around where lions hunt in the, in, the, uh, in Africa. You don't. Sometimes uh, a food drought happens uh, or a water drought happens and it dramatically changes whether or not all those predatory animals are present. So the whole laddering uh, development of animal sizes is a bullshit theory to begin with. But let's pretend it's accurate. So let's say, like, sorry, I had to take a quick pause there. Um, assuming that this model is accurate, right? Uh, this woman uses this model to compare against dinosaurs. And she goes on to say, you see, what's been plaguing the paleontological uh, a world for years is why do dinosaurs have a sudden break in between the smallest group of dinosaurs and then the largest group of dinosaurs, right? Um, she says, we haven't been able to figure it out. Well, I have the theory because this predatory group, it all, it's all based off of whether or not predators have to compete with bigger predators over food sources. And the young of these dinosaurs can't compete with the older, uh, bigger uh, dinosaurs. So how are they going to survive? Because they would need to compete against other dinosaurs of a similar height as they grow up. You see, when dinosaurs are hatched, they're really very small. So when they grow up, they have to go through each of these different predatory groups in order to reach adulthood. But since there are no other additional predatory groups, that means that they must be competing with the larger dinosaurs for the same exact food sources. And an adolescent T-Rex is not going to be able to compete with uh, an older T-Rex. I'm just... Uh, I'm paraphrasing a lot of what she said, and because uh, I'm trying to remember as verbatim as possible. So that's her all, whole argument. And so then she says, well, I have the solution. For these dinosaurs, they eat a different food group than the adult counterparts. So if the adult counterpart is a carnivore and they're eating food group uh, C, then these dinosaurs, as they grow up, have to eat food groups A and then food groups B. So she identifies the food group C as carnivore, right? Implying intensely that food groups A and B are not meat sources. It's fucking idiotic. Before you go on saying well, Kevin, you're not a paleontologist. She's practiced, She's uh, a doctoral candidate. What have you done? All right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, as I've said before, archaeologist, anthropologist. That's my, that's my deal. Uh, Fifteen fucking years. Do you know what our archaeological firm had to do? We had to hire paleontologists. We have always had a paleontologist working with the firm. 
because you can't decide whether or not you're going to discover an arrowhead or a fucking fossil. You, you don't go out there saying, I'm looking for Indians in this area, so I'm only going to find Indians. I'm not going to find a stegosaurus. All right? Well, I mean, obviously, stegosauruses are typically found in certain formations, but the point stands. <laughs> so, I won't call myself a paleontologist, but I know enough about the natural world to know that this woman is full of bullshit. First of all, a lot of the dinosaurs have, as she described, various stages of growth. In fact, the Triceratops, there were, for years, and this is, this is due to university paleontologists, you know, people who aren't real paleontologists, people who sit around in their fucking offices, uh, pontificating on what they believe is right, not actually doing any real studies on bones. Because either you study or you work with dinosaurs. You don't, you don't do both. You don't study and, and work with dinosaurs. You either spend real time in the field, real time with bones, real time examination, or you're planning lesson plans and grading papers and producing lectures. Now, you can have paleontologists that do lectures free, you know, off and on. Like, let's say uh, for half the year they're, they're out on digs and then half the year they're doing stuff. Yeah, that's, that's totally legit. What's not legit are the university professors that are full-time tenured professors who don't do anything other than lesson plans. These dumb motherfuckers for about 50 years or so identified was it like 12 different species of uh, head shield shielded uh, dinosaurs that all resemble triceratops not one real paleontologist considered them different species they all said oh that just looks like they're growing into a triceratops and the university professors the ones who managed to write papers all the time and get clout from other university professors said absolutely not see they have no horn development they don't have three horns they're completely different species their heads are not fanned in the same way yeah because their horns grow as they get bigger right it would be like saying bambi is a different species than his mom and then his dad based off of horn growth and size that's exactly what they did with these triceratops species these dumb motherfuckers completely and totally fuck the paleontological world for decades because they wanted to believe that Triceratops always had horns from the moment they came out of their eggs, right? And for decades, real paleontologists said, okay, well then if these aren't young Triceratops, then why the hell can't we find a skeleton of a young Triceratops? 
And these university professors went on to say, we just haven't found it yet, but they're out there. We've only discovered uh, 1,500 different dinosaurs. We, maybe the young, the bones of the young were too weak to stand up to fossilization. That's the biggest bullshit, right? They, they actually have fossil, fossils of eggs with skeletons in the eggs. And yet they say that the young version of Triceratops, their, their bodies and their, their muscles or their, uh, their skeletons are too weak to withstand the fossilization process. Or they were all eaten. Bull fucking shit, right? So, um, the thing is, with dinosaurs, the major defense of herbivores, you know, you know, dinosaurs, herbivoric dinosaurs, was to get bigger. So over millions of years, dinosaurs, herbivores, progressively got bigger, but their babies still remain small. So, the predators got bigger right along with the herbivores. Herbivores got bigger, then the predators got bigger. By the law of hunting and the law of burning calories and just basic food law, predators tend to be a little bit smaller than the food that they eat. That's true today, especially true with humans. Now, obviously, there's food that we eat that's relatively small compared to us, like uh, chicken, right? But when you start getting into things like hogs, I mean, hogs tend to be about the same size or bigger than humans. Yeah, you think, well, what are you talking about? Humans are six feet, six feet long. Yeah, yeah, we're actually very thin. A pig is, gets pretty fucking big and heavy. I, especially if you're talking about wild hogs, right? Domesticated hogs and pigs, they tend to be a little bit, you know, we, we tend to keep them small. A wild hogs, we're talking 1,200, up to 1,200 pounds is one of the wild hogs. I think that was, that was like a, a, you know, we're talking about Pleistocene or maybe, you know, we're talking about stuff like that. Um, a look at uh, there were there were some big big hog pig like creatures uh, back then. Uh, you know you can have eight hundred pounds. Uh, you know hogs are, are fucking huge. Wild hogs. Uh, you know the old ones, right? Humans grew up along with them. Then we slowly tried to make them more manageable, but they're still pretty fucking heavy. You know. I mean fatted sow and all that shit, 200, 300, whatever, pounds. Most humans hover around 125, 150, you know, uh, you get what I mean? And go, go to the areas where food, where, where humans eat food that is much smaller than us. Those humans tend to be shorter on average, Right? The availability of the food source tends to determine size. 
you know, uh, since humans eat a lot, we have to catch hundreds of thousands of pounds of fish to be processed for us to consume throughout the year, throughout the week. You know, same thing with wheat. So the food source has to be numerous or big. I mean, essentially, it has to be a lot. It just has to be a lot. So, the second stage of, the second form of protection, and we're, we're ignoring like bodily forms of protection because uh, the herbivores all had different forms of protection, right? Uh, herbivores tend to be meaner than predators. Now you might say, well, predator will bite your head off. Yeah, herbivore will crush your skull. Hippopotam hippopotami are the most feared uh, predator, herbivore predator. In fact, they're they're kind of sort of omnivores, uh, but they they're basically called herbivores. Uh, hippopotami are the most feared predator of the Nile. I mean, if you had to deal with a with a crocodile or uh, or alligator, whatever it is, uh, if you had to deal with just a, a, a meat-eating predator along the Nile or a hippopotamus. I would feel safer walking through a, a group of well-fed sleeping lions than a group of well-fed sleeping hippopotami. Because lions, they'll smell you and if you're staying away from them, they'll just kind of growl at you. If they're well-fed, they don't need to attack you. And you're leaving their presence? There's a better chance that they won't attack you than if you walk near a hippopotamus and he smells you. It will just kill you. He'll just fucking kill you. So, herbivores are kind of like, just kind of mean to begin with, because they gotta be mean, right? Or they gotta be uh, scaredy cats, right? And a lot of times in order to facilitate being mean and being scared is to be in a protective herd. So the food sources for all of these predators the omnivoric, omnivorous, omnivorous, that's the word I'm looking for, omnivorous. The omnivorous <laughs> uh, dinosaurs, they will travel around in herds. And that's when you get predators who travel around in herds. So the available food source for these predators are really fucking angry, defensive, bone-crushing, violent, omnivorous dinosaurs that travel in large groups. And these large groups consist of little baby dinosaurs and very big dinosaurs. So it goes up the fucking ladder. There's no in-between for omnivores. Right? So the whole idea of the predatory scaled uh, scaling sizes is all based off of 
the availability of the scaling herbivores. And when you get to a point where you're discussing very large predators like the Tyrannosaurus rex or the Allosaurus, and you find out that there are carrion feeders most of the time. Sorry, I was interrupted. So anyway, when you're talking about a scalable resource that moves around in herds, you're also talking about a scalable predator that moves along in herds. T-Rexes have been proven to be herd animals, herd-like animals, right? They, they can't just, they're, they're not lone. In fact, there's no proof of lone feeders. Even alligators and crocodiles are not lone feeders by choice. You, you, you find one, you're going to find a couple, right? Now, whether or not they share, that varies from species to species. Uh, even lizards that look like they're alone typically are less alone and more like spread out. Uh, wolves, there's no such thing as a lone wolf. What you have is a wolf that's really a scout for the rest of the pack. Uh, very rarely do you find an actual lone wolf that's been kicked out of the pack and winds up starving because they're assholes, right? That's a different story. That's a special instant story. You know, it's like uh, uh, you'll find criminals in the human uh, population less than 10% of the time. It's the same thing with any other animal, right? So, uh, when predators will go after uh, prey, they'll try and single out the weak. And when they're in a herd situation, if there's enough food around, they're going to let the food alone or for anybody to get. Plus, you have animals that die of disease. They die of just stupidity. Uh, they die of heart problems. They die of any number of things. And so T-Rexes, being carrion feeders, they would eat those bodies, right? Or maybe uh, a herbivore. Herb I can't even pronounce the word now. Maybe, maybe the herbivores, you know, fight each other and wind up killing each other, right? Uh, which is a reality in in all aspects of the natural world. So uh, you have these bodies that are also lying around that the T. Rexes get, right? So if you have herbivores and herbivorous and herbivorous there it is herbivorous and or whatever a uh, group of animals God, that word's going to bother me for a while uh, if they are dominating the food chain which is something that she refused to consider then there are no other scalable uh, forms of prey. So instead of looking at the forms of prey, which is what she should have been doing, she looked at only the predators. And in looking at only the predators, she concocts this bullshit theory of, well, 
uh, the young, the young can't compete with their adults, so they have a different food source. Uh, what food source would they be? Would they be eating? Huh? What What would they be going after? You know. I mean, even sea turtles that leave their young behind, the young swim out there and eventually, you know, they follow the paths, they meet up with the other sea turtles. You know, if they can survive the path to the ocean, they will meet up with other sea turtles, larger sea turtles, and you see pods of sea turtles or whatever you call them, of varying ages, of varying sizes, working together even if there's no specific leader working together to eat fish, the same food source. So everything she said is based off of a fallacy. She didn't do any actual resource, research into the resources for the, for the um, uh, dinosaurs, the, the predators. She doesn't take into account uh, herd-based predation, right? And she comes up with a theory for her doctorate, because she's a doctorate candidate, that the young had different food source. So here's the other problem. She's comparing fucking mammals to thunder lizards. And it's long been proven dinosaurs, even if warm-blooded, because there's a debate on which ones were warm-blooded, which ones were cold-blooded. The point is, they were fucking lizards. And I know that some people say, Oh, they were prehistoric birds. Look, they had feathers. Yeah, it's also been proven that birds are much closer to lizards and reptiles than fucking mammals. It's been proven through examination of their goddamn brains. They've got reptilian-like brains. They're, they're a cousin. They're avians. They're dinosaurs that have evolved into birds. But there's a reason why reptiles taste like fucking chicken. Okay? And why humans taste like pork. At least that's what cannibals have said. Beef and pork. Right? There's a division there. And avians are their own species, species group. But they are no... They really are not related at all to mammals. The flying mammals out there... We have flying mammals. Like you know, arguably squirrels, flying squirrels are not flying, they're gliders, but that's still the point. They navigate the airwaves between the trees, right? You have bats, really big fucking bats too. They're mammals, they're not birds. They have a completely different type of system Birds lay fucking eggs, and outside of the platypus, which is God's precious little abomination that I love to death, 
Mammals don't fucking lay eggs. Maybe there's another mammal out there. I don't know. I'm just focusing on platypus right now. You know, reptiles, birds, and dinosaurs laid eggs. They're all basically from the same fucking groups. And birds definitely do tend to travel in herds and hunt in herds. Even if it's a small herd of just like three or four, right? Doesn't fucking matter. And she compares, at the same time, she compares mammals and mammal predation to lizard predation, right? Which is absolutely fucking stupid. If she actually looked at lizard or reptile based predation outside of, say, turtles, which are, I mean, they're, they're really kind of weird. They're, they're like together, but they're not together. I, I think that Finding Nemo uh, movie really hit it up. Like, however you feel, man. You know, like they sort of group up and they sort of don't group up, right? But the point is, the point is, there is really no scalable species in terms of reptile predation. And look at the Florida Everglades. It fucking jumps. It jumps the same way that the, that the dinosaurs jump. You know, between snakes and, and the little lizards, and then you have the big fucking, um, you know, alligators, Right? just it, I mean it jumps it, there's no smooth transition up the ladder there's no predation ladder there's no step by step the, now we have to have a predator that's exactly 14 inches long and now we have to have a predator that's exactly 22 inches long and now we have to have a that bullshit is fucking bullshit and that's even if you assume what she said about mammals is true. And that little infograph that she shows saying, look, this is what goes on in Africa. You see, the predators gradually get bigger. I, no, that, that's not actually what happens. First of all, Africa is a huge motherfucking continent. You know? The Serengeti, the Sahara, the... Uh, the coastlines those groups of predators tend not to stay in the same goddamn fucking area I was looking at that and I know she had species of predators that weren't that are never found within 50 miles of a fucking lion pride and I like to think of is why do you say this thing when you know this thing is stupid. So I've been trailing off a little bit. I've been rambling a little bit. I hope I made my point. This woman is basing her thesis, her doctoral thesis, on bad science that if she had two fucking brain cells would know is bad science to begin with. She makes a bad comparison between the bad science and... Uh, dinosaurs from 125 million years ago, 
she doesn't understand the science of omnivores or the prey she makes something up that has not been backed by any sort of remains of any adolescent predator that has ever been found and she tries to draw a conclusion based off of all four of these bad forms of scientific research and declarations without doing any actual fucking research to prove or disprove these theories. If I were her professor, I would flunk her ass out and say, come back in three months when you have a good theory. This paper is bullshit. But no, what's happening is she got this far in life because she's one of those women who's going to be carried through by men who want to say, look, I'm inclusive to women in this field without actually measuring her intelligence. Just because it's important to see a woman in the field. And this is why it's a vicious cycle. She is the exact type of woman that the sexist members of the paleontological field hate dealing with because she's a fucking idiot. But she's getting moved ahead by the people who don't want to appear sexist who say, we need more women in the field. And so by pushing her up in popularity in this field, they're pushing other intelligent women out by perpetuating the stereotype of stupid women who don't know their A's from their B's and their C's in terms of the topic that they discovered. That's why I'm using her as an example. Now, as far as what I know and what I don't know, yeah, I constantly get alligators and crocodiles mixed up in my brain. I mean, it's like I think crocodiles are found almost everywhere. They're found in the Caymans. They're found in the in the Australian outback. Pretty sure it's crocodiles in the Nile. And like alligators are the only ones, and they're only really found in North America. So that's my failing. I keep forgetting that. Just because they're basically both the same fucking creature. <laughs> It doesn't matter if you put an alligator in an ecosystem for, or a crocodile in an ecosystem. Well, I mean, it sort of matters. But it doesn't, you know, you're, you're still talking about the, then there's salt water, fresh water. But the point is they all grow about the same kind of size and the same kind of lengths, which was the point I was trying to make. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've got my own feelings. I'm criticizing her. <laughs> Unlike her, I at least acknowledge that. And while she's getting a free fucking ride and a doctorate that she probably won't deserve. I mean, it, it, now, if you want to talk to me about the effort someone puts into trying to achieve something, then I should be making $200,000 a year right now. I put a lot of fucking effort and a lot of fucking things in my life that I haven't gotten recognized for. And a lot of that's due to people like this dumb bitch who puts a, no effort into making sure she's right but a lot of effort into doing something that is wrong, right? That's a real problem. 
We don't live in a meritocracy. We live in a luck-based society of favors and promises and handshakes. Now, there are a lot of jobs out there that do recognize merit. That's great. There are jobs out there that recognize merit. But if we were in a meritocracy, veterans who fought for us in foreign wars wouldn't be begging for food on, on the corners of streets. You want to talk about merit. That's a lot of merit. And they didn't get rewarded for it. And then you have people who flunk out of school who get elected to be president. And they're morons and they fuck everything up. So no, we don't live in a meritocracy. And that's a big problem here. There, there are other women who are much smarter than this dumb, dumb bitch of a woman. And this dumb, dumb woman it probably has put in a, a lot of work into trying to explain her bullshit and no work into trying to find out if she's spewing bullshit. So she feeds a cycle of hatred and stupidity that's going to continue to keep women down because she's a dumb bitch. And before you guys say, well, she's really nice, you should get to know her. Oh, there's a. Yeah, I'm sure she's really nice, which is how she's gotten so fucking far. She's getting rewarded for a personality trait, not for her intelligence. And yes, that is a bad thing when you're talking about scientific research, especially in paleontology, where, as I mentioned at the beginning, decades of dumbass motherfuckers denying the fact that they had skeletal examples of triceratops from infancy to adulthood but chose to reclassify them as something like 14 different fucking species of herbivores uh, you know whatever that word is I said it once correctly in this podcast and I can't say it again uh uh, it, that's actually a problem with my ability to speak. Uh, yeah, so they classified four different, 14 or so different fucking species of dinosaur. And they were really the same fucking dinosaur. This, this field of paleontology has real problems. It's had problems since its inception. Making up fake fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> those were really cool, though. I have, I love those fake dinosaurs. Um, in, in the defense, that was the first time anybody had ever tried to reconstruct a skeleton without. They they really didn't know what they were fucking doing, and it took trial and error before they realized what they were doing. So I can forgive the paleontologists of the, uh, who either the first generation of paleontology. I can forgive them. I really can. I mean, in fact, if you want to go back a few centuries. The Romans and Greeks were the original paleontologists and they had dinosaur bones and fossils that they believed were dragons. And it took a lot of trial and error for us to figure out what the fuck we were doing, right? 
a lot of trial and error. But this woman has no excuse. And women like her have no excuse. And she damages women in STEM. She absolutely damages women in STEM. So, uh, I'm not asking people to be hard on women. Like, there's a belief you have to be hard on someone to, so that they will give you your best. I don't believe that at all. That's bullshit. You have to, you don't have to be hard. You have to be truthful. And you have to tell somebody, listen, this is bad science. I'm not going to give you a passing grade on this. Your argument is in, incorrect. Because you're not, you don't understand the concept of, of uh, available resources. And you're actually hurting other women. Well, maybe I won't say that to her. That'd be really harsh. Uh, before I go, let me also point out that modern day mammals, we have herbivores that also break the mold, right? Herbivores uh, should actually be following the same mold as their carnivorous predators, right? Well, in Africa, you get up to the water beast, you know, the uh, water buffalo, the wildebeest, whatever, the water buffalo, I think it's water buffalo, whatever. You get up to the, the big, you know, guys, whatever the fuck their name is, right? I said wildebeest, I mean water buffalo, right? Big, giant, four-legged things. And then you've got nothing until you get up to the African elephant. Biggest fucking land mammal, right? But not the tallest. Because after the elephant, you have the tallest land mammal, and that's the giraffe. There's nothing fucking in between them. There's nothing between the, the, the smaller, um, you know, uh, plant eaters and the, the elephants, and nothing between the elephants and uh, the giraffes. And if you were to compare that same uh, predatory uh, scale that she used to the herbivores, you'd find out it falls apart. And that's because there's a point of diminishing returns where you get bigger, you wind up having to have more around you because baby elephants are kind of small compared to how big they can get. It's not the same as dinosaurs, but you know, similar concept. Uh, they have to feed off of available resources and they will, are essentially predatory for plant life, for the plant resources. And so their predatory behavior will scare off others from eating the same plant sources. Except for the giraffe, which evolved to eat above where the elephants could eat, right? It's essentially what happened. And so the giraffes have total control over the taller trees. Nothing between elephants and giraffes. Giraffes will just out-eat anything that comes close to them. 
and the elephants will eat out eat anything that comes close to them. So then you have the smaller herbivores that have to eat other things, uh, and there's no in between. But you do have baby elephants that are protected by the elephant herds and actually fed by their mothers and fathers to help them grow up to be big, strong members of the herd. Same thing with giraffes. They'll, they'll br break off a branch and give it to the baby giraffes so the baby giraffes can eat the leaves off the branch. Or they'll bring, hold, you know, elephants will, I've seen elephants pull branches down off of trees for baby elephants and growing elephants to get to the, to the food. And with carnivores, they will guard carcasses for the young to eat the rest of the carcass. That's how things work. That's also apparently how dinosaurs function. There's enough evidence of them operating in groups that they would have to function in the same way. So her whole idea that dinosaurs are inherently competitive and won't let the young eat the same kill is mentally deficient. And evidence of a weak and uneducated mind. And yet she's getting a lot of fucking traction. Fuck me. This is what's wrong with the world. You know, it really is what's wrong with the world. And as far as whether or not I have any monkeys in the circus, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything against women in my field or any other field. And I have something against people who are incompetent and stupid. And as I've mentioned before numerous times, I think the, this, very rarely do I come down on a woman in a public way like this. So uh, I just wanted to point out though that this is one of the main reasons why getting women in STEM is a bitch. It's a real, real bitch. Uh, because stupid women like this are promoted and it's it's fucking terrible I actually you know I mean I work with some where I work right now I work with some very professional women who are ex exceedingly good in their job and they worked hard for what they've earned and they're not getting paid as much as they should I mean my head my head boss I think she deserves a pay raise <laughs> she has she has saved this business more times than I can count. My, my boss has saved this business numerous occasions. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, when you work together with people, there are always, uh, you know, minor issues, but she manages to handle them without any, without any problem. She's a fantastic professional woman. She's not paid as much as she should be. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there. And, uh, you know, anyway, I just had to bitch about this paleontologist student, doctoral candidate. God, if I were her teacher. Oh, look, I've been rambling for another 20 fucking minutes. I better hang up. So, uh, <laughs> I'm hanging this up. I'm sure you haven't reached the end of it. And, uh, take care, everybody. Love you, bye.